Skjelgøy! Skjelgøy! Skjelder kravner! Skjelgøy! Skjelgøy! Skjelder kravner! Skjelgøy! Skjelgøy! Skjelder kravner! Skjelgøy! In this year, fierce foreboding omens came over the land of the Northumbrians, and the wretched people shook. There were excessive whirlwinds, lightning, and fiery dragons were seen flying in the sky. These signs were followed by great famine, and a little after those, that same year on the Ides of January, the ravaging of wretched heathen men destroyed God's church at Lindisfarne. From the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. Gasp! <gasps> Shock! Horror! Oh. What could it have been? Hmm. Hmm. It could have been anything. But in fact, this is Skull, a Viking Age podcast. Indeed. Returning from a long hiatus of a Viking. A Viking. Yes. Possibly two Viking. Yes. Indeed. Or six <laughs> or seven. Yeah. So it's been a while, but we're back, and we just wanted to go in and continue where we left off. We talked a little bit about Viking history, so we wanted to jump right in and talk about early stock, talk about mm. early Viking history. We we talked about the longship, and now we're going to tell you exactly what they did with that longship. Right. They took this longship, and they said, hey, let's go over there and see what there is. And they found England. More specifically, Lindisfarne. Which, which is on the back of my shirt. Is and if it? I, if I would have looked at it, I could have told you the date of the raid on Lindisfarne. But you probably have it in here. Well, the Ides of January. The Ides? The Ides. That's the middle, the 15th-ish. What does it say? It says 793, Lindisfarne, England. That's it. That's the year. That's the year. That's what I meant. Well, you just said the date. Well, it's part of the date. Well, no wonder I'm so bad at dates. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, let's talk about Lindisfarne. Why is Lindisfarne even important? Mainly because it's one of the first things, anytime you talk to someone about Vikings, you read a book on Vikings, you do a history like the show, Vikings, one of the first things they do is go to Lindisfarne. Yep, yep. This is their origin story. It is their origin story, <laughs> but it's important. This is Peter Parker getting bit by the spider, but for Vikings. Yes, he immediately grew a beard and gained an extra four inches. <laughs> like you do, it's a hobby. You've got to do it somehow. But yeah, it's the thing, the event that really kicked off the Viking Age. It's when they started doing, instead of going from their little raids in the area and going here and far, mm -hmm. they went off over the sea, sailed from Denmark, landed in northern England, and it was the, the start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we don't really have any reasons or clear reasons why it happened, why they just suddenly decided that, hey... Let's go that way instead of the other. But theories. Such as? Um, the first one would be pagan retaliation for encroaching Christianity. Because good old Charlemagne, he was, he was exceptionally forceful. He was. Um, and he was basically, it was like, convert or die. Yeah. They he, were, he was Spanish inquisitioning the pagans in Europe at this time. It was more Holy Roman Empire inquisitioning. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, and that's a lot of the reason why Christianity spread as fast as it did, mm -hmm. because the missionary propagation was, get baptized, or we <laughs> send you off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and one of the one of the tricky things that they did after a while, they didn't lead with this. They mm-hmm. led with, "Well, that's stupid. You're wrong. This is the right thing." They they adopted more of a, "Okay, yeah, no, everything that you believe in, Odin and Thor and Ragnarok, that all happened." But at the right. end of Ragnarok, there were two people left at the tree. That was Adam, Adam and Eve. Eve. And not Askenembla. Like, they were like, oh, okay. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I guess we don't. And that was the foot in the door. And we saw what happened after right. that. Yeah. Like, but one of the problems with that theory is that it wasn't really a great reaction for the Vikings to do. Like, oh, the Frankish Empire in, you know, parts of Germany and France and Italy is attacking. Let's go kick the crap out of England. Yeah. It's like, or we'll just go that way. Fine. Right, right. You can have your milk in cow land and we'll just go get the gold. Right, right. It works out great. Yep. Yeah. Another theory was a population boom in the area. And and what was this population boom known as? It was known as a youth bulge. Mm. Mm. Youth bulge. Yeah. So... (laughs) That happens when you've got the first sons. And being Vikings and people in old times, they tend to propagate frequently and often. Because mm-hmm. so, that's more hands around the And oddly the enough, people and... keep dying, so you need to replace the population. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you'd get the first sons, and they'd inherit the land. And that left all the other siblings who had to go off and find their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with this is there wasn't really any sign of overpopulation in Scandinavia at this point. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time it's easier to just go in the interior rather than say, hey, let's ship an entire generation off exactly. that way. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So then another, another, <laughs> I, I don't know why this is in here. That was you. It was. So <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to that because okay, I remember what ahead. I was saying. Though. Go ahead. So another thing that they could have been looking for were wives and other servants to bring back okay. with them. Okay, I see where you're going with that. Yes. All right. So problem with that is they didn't really bring people back. And they went over to England and they just settled. They yeah. stayed there. Uh-huh. And if you were really just looking for wives and other female servants, mm-hmm. why stay when you could just bring them back home? Exactly. It's easier. Exactly. Um, another, another, uh, I guess, theory would be that um, um, new trade routes, they mm-hmm. were looking for new trade routes, saying as there was a slowing and a lull in their trade through the Mediterranean, going through places like Burka and stuff like that. Right. And a lot of the England excursions were done by Norway and Denmark, which are on that side, which it's easier for them to get to England than to fight through all the other Vikings to their right. Right. <laughs> to get to the trade, which was in, mm-hmm. uh, which is off the, Burka off the uh, coast of Sweden. Right. Um, yeah. So the, the, the prior contact of the, the Northmen with uh, people in England is there had been minor raids. Uh, about three ships mm-hmm. or so would hit Wessex uh, down in southern England, and that was about six years prior Right, so it wasn't like they didn't know England existed, mm-hmm. and they're like, ooh, what's this new place? It's, they've been there before, but it wasn't anything big, but Lindisfarne was the big push. Mm-hmm. And where, where is Lindisfarne? Lindisfarne is in Northumbria, 
which is the area in Edinburgh and the south area just past York. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a map of Great Britain, you'll see Scotland in the north, England on the south, and Northumbria is that section right where the two meet. So kind of near uh, Newcastle? Possibly. Is that, I believe that's up in that northern area above, above York. If it is, then yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah, and so Northumbria just was one of the many Anglo kingdoms that they had out there. Uh, the Angles were a Germanic, Germanic tribe that had originally lived in Germany area, mm. and they had been pushed off to England. There's uh, a there's a one of the funny things is when the Romans were there and they were battling the native Britons and Picts, mm -hmm. they needed mercenaries to fight this war for them because they were on the way way far edges of the of the empire. So they hired Anglo-Saxons, brought them over to fight the war for them, and then the they just and then stayed. the Romans were like, "Okay, we're out." <laughs> and they're like, "All right, well now we live here. Right, this is our spot. Yeah, we made this building. Yeah. Sure." It just in some of the research that I did for this, I thought it was kind of neat just seeing how many times people just kind of showed up in England and said, this is my place now. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you had the Celts, the Picts, the Britons all there. Mm -hmm. Then the Angles came over, then the Saxons came over, then the Normans came yeah. over. <laughs> and that's pretty much where it was at now. Right. We'll get to that in a later episode. Oh, Good old well, Normans. Definitely. There Good was, old Normans. There was a whole black hole I went to on that one. <laughs> Hoo boy. Yeah, so that area converted to Christianity in the 630s. And it's a lot of urine history is just solely based on the interaction of pagan beliefs and Christianity. Mm -hmm. Everything that they did, especially the Christians at the time, was just very much, this is what we're doing for Christ. It was a huge part of their lives. Mm -hmm. And it also helps that they were the only ones writing things down at yes. this point in time. It's they true. Like, yeah, look at us. Look at how great we are. Us, us, us. Yeah. So that was neat. Mm -hmm. uh, so the land at Lindisfarne... It's kind of neat because it's a tidal island, which means half the time it's connected to the land by a narrow spit of land, and half the time it's an island when the tide is high. Mm -hmm. So you could have like a sense of being separate and apart from the rest of the world, and just that. so it was a which great spot for a perfect, monastery. Yeah, perfect for a monastery, right? But it was also easily accessible to restock your supplies, sell mm -hmm. your things, collect your gold, etc., yep. etc. Et At the time. Lindisfarne was a big deal. Mm -hmm. It was known as the holy seat of the area, so it was like very important. Mm -hmm. uh, Aidan of Lindisfarne was an Irish monk who was the guy who set up the area, and he was credited with restoring Christianity to that area. Of course he was. Of course he was. I mean, why <laughs> wouldn't you? That's why they named it after him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Let's, let's move on to the, the actual raid. Right. Um, it, was, it was not a pleasant... A pleasant thing. No, raids tend to not be, but this one was pretty brutal. Yeah, um, and there's not a ton of details, but uh, most of what we found uh, goes on about blood and blood and trampled bodies and desecrated temples. And you, you got to think of this from the 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 Vikings' perspective. Mm -hmm is they went there and they see all this gold and all this treasure and these guys that are wearing robes with funny haircuts. Yeah. And like, they're not going to do anything. Why don't we just go take it's it? It's like throwing a kid into a ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Right. 
Right. I'm like, I can do anything I want. Hooray! Everywhere. Yeah, and they just they just went nuts, which it, almost all of the the lore of mm-hmm. Vikings comes from this one raid. Right. Like this is this is like the this was their their big their big jump into into mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. As it was. Though they had been around for a long, long time and they had been trading for a long, long time, no one really paid attention to them. Right, because they're just these yeah. bunch of hairy men who come up from off north, bring down some stuff, we'll give them some other stuff, and then they go away. Mm-hmm. Or they'll attack and go away. They come, they, they leave. Yeah. But like, Lindisfarne was just so unexpected and so brutal that it made a mark on people. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I heard about it, I was very young and... My family, we like to do coloring books. So we got I got a Dover coloring book of the Vikings. Uh-huh. And there's this two-page spread of the raid on Lindisfarne. And it had monks being axed and the monastery and burning it's bas- down. It's basically shaped your life since then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this, this is what I want to do for a living. <laughs> I want to go a Viking, Mom. Right. Instead, I went into IT. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a better career choice in these days, but... <laughs> Not nearly mm-hmm. as fun. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, what was what was the uh, the reaction? Overwhelmingly negative. Hmm. They got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, well, from the English countryside, they didn't get missed congeniality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So one of the scholars in the area, whose name was Alcuin or Alcuin, mm-hmm. depending on how you feel like pronouncing Northumbrian names, <laughs> uh, he was in the court of Charlemagne's of Charlemagne, and he was just shocked that this would happen. He was convinced that this was a sign of God's displeasure, because if God was pleased, how come he would have let them slaughter the holiest place in England? Which, I mean, plays right into the Viking hands, because that means they're going to be more pious, and they're going to put more treasure on more unguarded stuff. They're like, I mean, we killed a bunch of them, and they're giving us more? Right, they just rebuilt it and said, go back. (laughs) Right, right. We can do this every year. This is fantastic. Yeah, like, it was wonderful. Like, I could try and farm, or, or or I could go over there and just we can frolic just, with our neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> frolic is a is a word to use for this. <laughs> is is that not accurate? No, it could be. Hmm, fair enough. Yeah. So one of the things he was worried about this Alcuin was like, why would God allow and so great a company of saints had allowed this holy place to suffer? So he was talking to Highbald and who was the magistrate of the area. And he just said to examine your conscience. Like, clearly, this is your fault. You brought this on along yourself. You know what you did, Carl. Exactly. (laughs) We don't. Look at everything you did. Why would God have allowed it? And to quote, is this the outcome of the sins of those who live there, he asked? It's not happened by chance, but it's the sign of some great guilt. And he wondered if this ransacking of a Christian church by non-believers would lead to even greater suffering. It did. Yeah. Yeah, it, it for did. about 200 more years? Yeah, like they, the monks finally think? figured out this was not a good place to be <laughs> in 875 <laughs> after repeated raids in the area. So remember, what did the back of what year did the back of my shirt say? 793? 793. It took them almost almost 100 years to go Wait a wait second. A minute. If we just went somewhere else, <laughs> let's go to Ireland. Ireland's a good place. And then they're like, oh, wait, they're here too. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. 
Uh, so some follow-up raids to this. In 794, the Vikings attacked a monastery in Jarrow. Uh, Viking leaders killed a lot of people there. Uh, oh, no, the Viking leaders themselves were killed. Mm-hmm. It was not as successful. Yes. Uh, their ships were beached. The crews were all slaughtered. So for the next 40-ish years, the raiders tended to focus more on Ireland and Scotland. And that is where a lot of the, uh, the Norwegian mm-hmm. and... Uh, um, like, that's their biggest thing, is they have a lot in, like, the tip of Scotland and into Ireland. Mm-hmm. And then Norway from then, they were the, let's go check out this Iceland place. Let's go right. check out that Greenland place. Oh, what is this giant continent over here? That was Norway's trajectory through most of the rest of the Viking Age. They right, were, they just kind of bounced off more yeah, northernly like, and eh, westernly. Yeah. And uh, they were they were very violent and they were very killy, but they did tend to look more at expansion. Like going right. to like the Faroe Islands and Iceland and, and but there's just so much to like see. Like, if we found this over here, let's go even further and see what we get. But the Danes on the other hand. Right. <laughs> The Danes decided this is a place we want to stay. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. They liked England. Mm-hmm. And so they, and this is lead in for a future episode, they set up the Dane law. Mm-hmm. They conquered a lot of England and they were the ruling classes and set up the great heathen army. Yes. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. Oh, uh, that's going to be a whole long podcast. <laughs> the, uh, the next, uh, or the next with Norway too. They mm-hmm. were the ones that came down to northern France too, right? Because they were like, Psh, Denmark's got that shit covered. <laughs> we'll let them have fun, man. We're gonna right. we're gonna go around all around that and surround you with our influence, and you can you can fight Wessex all day. Sure, have, have fun, yeah, kids. Have fun with that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it's such an important part of the whole culture. With Lindisfarne, because, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing, they've probably been doing this to themselves for years. Oh, for sure. Raiding other kingdoms, other Viking kingdoms and stuff like that. And I think just with the terrain and what we'll talk about next episode, their, their fighting styles mm-hmm. uh, and their weapons, um, it was just so different from what anything in England had seen at that time. Right. It's it's like the Blitzkrieg during World War II. They just were there, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we give up? Right. They You're weren't expecting everywhere? it. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you never expect the Spanish Inquisition or Viking raids on Lindisfarne. Exactly, exactly. For 100 years, at least. All right. Uh, all right. That's all we have for this episode. We have another episode in the pipe ready for you next month. Um, it's about Viking Age weapons and battle tactics, which was very fun to research. Um, but yeah, and I think we'll put in some pictures of uh, Lindisfarne. Yeah, I'll for... see if I can track down that coloring book. Yes, exactly. All right, uh, guys, thanks for listening. And as always, Skull. Skull. <laughs>